What do we say, fam? Welcome to Simplexity, a little podcast that we take seemingly complex matters and attempt to make them plain and simple. My name's Sammy Foster. Join with the one and only co-host worth having, Boots. I like how you ju- it's the start of the episode and you just closed your book up. <laughs> All right, we're done I don't need here. need any of that. Yeah. No, it's... Good to be here. We got uh, Mike and Becca in the studio as well. Yes, we do. What's up? Uh, I attended a softball game yesterday. <gasps> oh, you didn't tell me. I you didn't tell me that you went to it with with Mike. Well, I didn't go with him. I went to support him because he was officiating it. Is that uh-huh. the proper? Yes. Okay. Yeah. As if he uh, he had to throw down the gauntlet at one point. Oh, did he drop the hammer? He did. He did. So we were uh, throwing people out. Yeah. Well, threatening to, but Ooh, I like it. So there was this section of high schoolers, high school guys. Okay. And Where are we at? What school? Uh, I don't know. We're at Bachman. 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 Oh, oh right here. Yep. Okay. Right there. Uh huh. So this is semifinals. Nice. Um, but anyway, there's this group of high school guys, and they're like shouting things out at one point. So I didn't have a horse in the game, obviously. Right. Um, but at one point, the other coach turns around Ooh. and says something to the guy like, can we show a little bit of class here? Yeah, yeah. And the high school guy just ran with it for like 20 minutes. Every time that coach would come over there, he'd go, let's show a little class, guys. A little bit of class oh, over oh, here, guys. Oh, oh, one of these guys. Hey, a little bit of class. And like... I'm trying not to laugh because I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> I, I acknowledge that it's obnoxious, but I was, he caught me smirking at one point and I know that that just empowered him. But totally. all that being said, Mike walks over at one point and he goes, I don't know which one of you it is, <laughs> but I just want to let you know if we don't stop with some of the negative comments, you're out of here. <laughs> Did he sound just like that? Yeah, yeah, pretty much like that. And then he walks away, and I was like, "Oh, he just set the record straight." Yeah. So the kid, the kid tighten up. He did actually. Believe it or not, Mike, the guy, the guy, the loudest one was not there when you said that. I know. Okay. okay. His <laughs> his friends were there, uh, but uh, they passed the message. Yeah, they did. They did, and he he behaved after that. But I like it was it. it was cool seeing Mike in action. Yeah. So. Okay. Old deputy dog. Yeah, jogging around. Yeah. He had a little clicker thing that was, uh huh. I don't know what it was. That's, but. that's, that's like his, that's his weapon. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was to measure like innings or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, you know. But. Probably outs, right? Strikes, balls, outs, and innings. Strikes, balls, outs, and innings. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's <laughs> what I did yesterday. So, hey, a couple it things. It was a good time. It, 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 it sounds very much like it is. I would like an invite to the next one. If that was semifinals, yeah. when are the finals? Oh, he might not. Friday, but I'm not working. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I can't give up a Friday. Uh, I guess he just didn't think you would go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but <sighs> speaking of which, um, actually, nothing to have to do with the softball game. Yeah, sounds, sounds like a ball. No pun intended. Um, but I will say that <clears throat> this is releasing on Memorial Day. Yeah. So happy Memorial Day from our patriotic house to yours. We love you guys. We're so thankful for what this day represents. Our men and women in uniform, wars fought on foreign soil, all of that. I know, I know my brother, my brother, Mm ex-Marine, he's always haggling me about Veterans Day, Memorial Day, whole nine yards. I said, I'll celebrate whatever I want. 
whenever I want, however I want. And so this Memorial Day, we're celebrating. We're celebrating. There we go. That's America. That, all that being We're said. celebrating America. Nice. I like it. Proud to be an American. Number one. Number two. Yep. This is, uh, we, we were delayed a week mm-hmm. for our Simplexiters viewers and listeners in that we had some technical difficulties, but mm. we're back up on the governor now. You That's know, right. hey, with a new studio comes uh, new, new problems. Res- new responsibilities. <laughs> Mo money. Mo problems. We don't have mo money. No, we do not. Actually, we don't have any money. So, <laughs> I'll tell you what. We would like some money. <laughs> yeah. You want to sponsor this podcast? Right. <laughs> turn this into a little telethon. Yeah. If you got a hot dog stand that you want to, um, so yeah. All that. All that being said. Yes. We have um, a little bit of a denser subject today. Ooh, we do. A little bit controversial mm. uh in today's climate yes, perhaps and they you guys already know this you know the title of the episode you're not surprised no um you can read so um <laughs> but before we get into that i was getting ready to make a comment there but i won't yeah i won't don't you can read we know you can yeah and you can too because of those glasses amen i would just put my reading glasses on <laughs> um but to start today's episode off i wanted to do a little bit of a game just because we haven't done that really since season one we used to we used to i, I like we used to games. have so much fun it comes <laughs> a surprise too and yeah rather engaging okay yeah but so what prompted this this game was um <clears throat> on sundays we we do a little pre-service rally for our movement teams uh-huh. those who volunteer here at the church and one of our uh people who leads that time his name's jake he came with like an icebreaker type game and i just thought it was absolutely hilarious oh so i brought well becca got this bible that she found in the lost and found if this belongs to you reach out to us Uh, but until that time here's what we did is we randomly flipped through the bible pointed to a random verse and then you had to introduce yourself and say, my name is Cam, and this is my life verse. And the results are pretty funny. So I thought it might be fun for us okay. to do that. All right, All right. ready? Let's so try. I'll go first. So you just got to point somewhere random and then go with the, the closest verse. So my name is Cam, and this is my life verse. It's Exodus 3717, they made the lampstand of pure gold and hammered it out. Base and shaft, its flower-like cups, buds, and blossoms were of one piece with it. <laughs> okay. It's uh, just, it's, it's, to me, it's, uh, it's picturing someone like in a small group. Yeah. And like, you don't know them and they're introducing themselves and it's like. Oh, you're that guy. Oh, huh? you're a weirdo, aren't you? <laughs> you're a total weirdo. <laughs> you were homeschooled all the way through your 30s. Yeah. We had people saying, we had movement team members introducing themselves like quoting genealogies as their, as their life verse. It's going to be a good one. Yes, it is. My name is Sammy Foster and this is my life verse. It's Jeremiah 10, 23. Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Or the strong man 
boast of his strength, or the rich man <laughs> boast of his riches. But let him who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me. I am the Lord who exercises kindness. I got a couple life verses. <laughs> yeah, it's just a run on. It's a long one. That, that makes sense for you, though. Justice and righteousness on earth, for these I delight, declareth the Lord. Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you. I like this game. It's a fun game. Mm-hmm. Just a little something for you guys that to do at home. First. That is Jeremiah 10, 23 and 24. I just took my liberty. Yeah. So we have this... Um, we had this really like one of our greeter leads, her name's Megan, and she's like super soft spoken. Um, and we we did it a couple of times and like the verses just didn't make sense. They were like genealogies or just random crazy yeah. things. And then she, she she goes, my name's Megan and in my life verse is Isaiah 1430. She says, I will feed the poor in my pasture. The needy will lie down in peace. And we're like, oh, wow. But as for you, I will wipe you out with famine and destroy the few who <laughs> remain. <laughs> and so it was just like <laughs> Megan with this super like chill yeah. personality talking right. about meek and timid. Wiping people out with famine. I don't know. It was funny. <laughs> yeah. But that's just my sense of humor, folks. All right. So I like it. Quick game for you. It hits different. <laughs> <laughs> you just learned that phrase? Yes, I did. From My your kids children. use it often. Yeah. But let's get to it, Boots. <clears throat> okay. Set us up. The subject matter today is gender. I want to talk a little bit about this whole gender discussion that's taking place in and among our society culture. That naturally would also involve the trans movement that so many of us are hearing about as it pertains to whether it be retailers, Bud Light, Target, the NCAA, how that coalesces with feminism, the Me Too movement, on and on and on. It has grown increasingly complex out there. Mm -hmm. And this discussion now has found its way into seemingly every sector of our society, whether it be politics or whether it be, you know, um, uh, news as it pertains to legislation both locally and you know nationally when it comes to you know even influencers now that are speaking out about it when it comes to you know bud lights you know delaney no dylan mulvaney dylan mulvaney um john mulaney <laughs> jeff bridges um but on and on and on we find that this conversation has grown really really loud while at the same time it's it seems to that those that I, I, I speak with, that they're not real sure-footed in how to approach it or what to think about it, which causes me a concern, certainly as a pastor, as a follower of Jesus, that I think that sometimes the complexity of it can have this sort of, you know, magnetic force where it pulls one in to where they go, ah, I, I just rather stay out of it. Mm -hmm. um, whereas I believe, biblically speaking, those that carry a biblical worldview, see scripture as the authority of God, see that, that this is just an outworking of a society that's moved further and further away from God. I don't believe it's as complex as we've made it. I do believe that there are complexities within it, but not nearly as much as what we've made of it. And so I think it's a discussion worth having. 
Okay. <clears throat> so let's delve in specifically to some of those things that you mentioned. Yeah. So um, when it comes to retailers, Bud Light, Target, unless you've been under a rock, as I just demean everyone listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> got Mike. So Dylan Mulvaney, he is the pretty well-known TikTok influencer yeah. who has been very open about his transition yep. into, you know, he's born biologically male and he has transitioned to um, identifying as a woman. Yep. And there's, there's discrepancy on how intentional this was, but basically he came out with um, Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light Totally. cans or something like that which was interpreted as an endorsement and you know yep, yep. people have boycotted them so I, I think it's it's worth noting let's back up a little bit when it comes to dylan mulvaney dylan dylan um not only is a tiktoker a big you know largely followed influencer but he got a lot of his notoriety from the fact that he was invited into the white house and he was invited into the White House where he sat in sort of this, you know, closed door meeting with, you know, President Joe Biden, where it was really um, he came in almost as as a consultant, if you will, <laughs> sort of sort of, you know, to educate the president on the importance of, you know, trans awareness, you know, trans affirmation, the political legislation that was coming down the pike and why the president should be, you know, pro-trans, pro this movement, making way for this and this and that. And so he became sort of this hot ticket guy, if you will, of, although he would recognize himself and identify as a woman. He was then picked up by these retailers, Anheuser-Busch and the like, because of his notoriety and influence and he was placed on a beer can where it wasn't their, their widest campaign, actually. It was only a select few, six packs, if you will, mm -hmm. where it was then interpreted by the viewer, oh, this is going to be pushed as he's now the new face of Bud Light. <laughs> and man, it backlashed so bad. The profit shares are down 26%. They mm -hmm. are struggling, struggling majorly. Why? Because you had guys that came out of the likes of like Luke Combs, you know, country singer, Kid Rock, that then made it their aim to really push back on, we will not be force fed, the trans movement, the acceptance, the whole nine yards. And so their timing was really, really poor. Their backlash was unexpected. And it's become so loud in, in sort of protest <clears throat> against that then target that's always done they've gotten more and more progressive in their pride you know push as we near june one but they started to put all of their trans gear i mean as, as soon as you walk through the plane of their door really so it was like front and center so everything that pushed lgbtq but this year in particular was try was was trans um apparel where it was like women's bathing suits but but tailored for men so that you could tuck yeah. your yeah. your private areas into and on and on. Well, it became so pushed against that they, out of fear that they would become the, the next Bud Light and lose profit share, of which they claim, you know, this year thus far, they've lost $1.5 billion due to what they claim was theft. 
like in-store, you know, shoplifting. Whereas now it's become questionable as to whether or not that is the, um, the immediate workings of, of the boycott. Mm-hmm. That that's taking place. So uh, that's yet to be determined. Yeah. Conspiracy uh, theorist. Yeah, yeah, this isn't a, a um, <laughs> an economy show. Okay, <laughs> it's not. I'm getting ready to go down a deep rabbit hole there. Yeah. Anyway, all of it is a testament that people have felt, and this is the large outcry that we are being forced fed, force fed, not forced fed, force fed this ideology, this progressivism, this wokeism, this whatever, that a lot of people, because they didn't want to either offend or take a stand, they feel that they have a wind at their back now. And their own common sense intuition goes, this is madness, absolute madness, that we're affirming to the degree, politically, corporately, societally, that we're affirming what just does not seem right. That it's not just gender ideology, it's gender dysphoria. It's not, it, you, it, it, it's, it's, it's gotten way too much, way too fast. And so now people are starting to recognize, I think I have a voice in this. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think I'm not just spitting in the wind, but there is. now. I would like to just state the simplicity in it amidst the complexity. And that is, is that as crazy as it is for a follower of Jesus, someone that holds to a biblical worldview, it should not be that crazy that when a society or a culture moves further and further away from God, when a culture adopts a mentality of being Mm anti-God, much like ours has, what you're then left with is to do what seems right in your own eyes. That becomes very subjective. So everybody gets a vote in the game. Everybody gets an opinion on the matter. And what happens is, is when you neglect seeing God as your supreme authority and the creator, well, then you're left to sort of identify yourself however you feel. And so now, because as scripture says, hell and destruction are never full and the eyes of man are never satisfied. There's no lid to sin and there's no lid to confusion. Mm-hmm. And so now as a society, we're seeing that fleshed out. Mm-hmm. We're seeing that fleshed out of where people identify themselves, men as women, women as men, or even the whole furry movement of where children now or Gen Zers are much more, you know, it's it's double Gen Zers than millennials now that recognize themselves as trans. Yep. And so now the furry movement has a major groundswell where it's not just, you know, something that was just a little subset of a subculture, <clears throat> but now there's a whole movement around the furry movement of where in reality, in reality, legitimately, they're placing litter boxes in schools to really, you know, advocate and affirm those that recognize themselves as feline or animals or the like. This is simply the natural outworking of us saying, God, we don't need you. Neither do we regard your precepts and principles. We're going to do life on our terms. Well, crazy is then in the cocktail. (laughs) I like that phrase. Um, Well, you're you're absolutely right. That's that's 100% what it is, but it's also, um, it's moving away from God 
in a specific philosophy and worldview. Yeah. In the sense of what we talked about before with the woke episode of the the concept of blurring of boundaries. Like yes. this is how we find identity, purpose, and meaning. As we move away from God, the way to do it, the way to do what's right in our own eyes is to blur everything. Yeah. So blur constructs of of gender. Blur yep. constructs of science. Science, biology, male, female, yep. species. Yep. Like totally. that. I mean, that's what it is. Yes. Um, is we're we're trying to find identity outside of a theistic worldview. Yep. And so it's through a subjective means, but it's a very particular philosophy that we talked about in that episode. Yep. You know, there's a lot of critical theory aspects yes. throughout this. Totally. And I think I think as a result, um, what we fail to recognize is that it really, really hurts people. We've bought the lie that when you affirm something and you then attempt to equalize everything and give credence to there, there's people that fall in the wake of that. There's children that fall in the wake of that. When you start to tell children that, hey, your gender confusion uh, it can be remedied by either, first and foremost, if there's any confusion, and we as a society now are faster and faster affirming that a 12-year-old can take a puberty blocker and actually insulate the parents from ever knowing about it, or that we actually condone chemically and medically castrating children so as to alter their biological construct, or we're recognizing in, let's say, the NCAA that men that then identify as women can compete against men. And yet... And they're we, actually injuring some of the women that they're competing against. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yet we don't want to talk about the biological difference, says, between men and women. We are, we've blurred everything, and then there's people that are really hurt in the wake of that. Mm -hmm. Like right now, I think about, you know, it was in... 2017 back, fact check, on the Me Too movement. The Me Too movement was a movement of where women were really empowered to speak to the issue of abuse and, and speak to the issue of either a misogynistic culture that was taking place in corporate and or Hollywood or, you know, in these, you know, certain settings that they felt empowered to come out and say, we don't have to lie in the wake of this or lurk in the shadows any longer. There's been injustice that's been happening and we want our voices heard and we want the pain to stop and we want the abuse, you know, we want justice for, you know, the perpetrators of the likes of like Harvey Weinstein yep. and these major conglomerates. And soon thereafter is where that swell was starting to take root well then the trans movement set in that blurred the lines between men and women and so these women that wanted the recognition for the distinct you know gender that they are but yet wanted equality at the same time now all of that is a bygone memory because that got washed under the fact that now men wanted to recognize as women and they wanted equal rights in their own arena that actually it made my heart sort of break for the women that for the first time in recent history, their voices were now being heard and the injustice was being recognized. Well, all of that got overshadowed by now this whole other blurry aspect and, and new arena of sexuality mm -hmm. that I couldn't imagine being a feminist now. Mm. Like how, 
And I think the feminists are really confused because there's a there's a liberal vein of feminism mm-hmm. of which mm-hmm. and 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 but yet they don't know how to speak to it when you have NCAA competition recognizing men as the winners over women. Yeah. But it's all because the men have now recognized themselves as women. It is so bad well, and such a mess and all of this is because eventually progressivism and this liberal ideology will cannibalize itself. It eats its own. It comes full circle mm-hmm. to where you're like, wait a minute, there's no clear lanes. There's no clear lines. There's no clear definition. It's all subject to a person's perspective. Well, it's, it's subject to, again, we get back to kind of critical theory worldview right. in the sense that it is subject. The only rule it's subject to is essentially who is most oppressed in this circumstance. Okay. And so yep. women are outranked by um, men who have transitioned. Totally. Um, that's just the way it works. And so their voice is counted more um, strongly. And so that's why you have an NCAA athlete, Riley Gaines. Riley. I don't know if she's a feminist or not. Right. Um, but she was speaking out of, about... Um, basically fairness in women's sports competitions because she had competed against Leah Thomas. Right. Um, and she was just saying, hey, um, I'm for trans people, but I want women's sports to be fair. I think that biological males have a distinct advantage, which makes, which renders this, this sport unfair yes and i want to protect women's sports Mm. um and so she made that very clear and she was harassed berated in in her account assaulted um for for being a proponent for women (laughs) unreal yeah so she goes to san francisco university yeah she's giving a speech simply around that she didn't preach the gospel to him yeah she wasn't bringing up jesus she should have right (laughs) (laughs) she tried to steer clear of hot button you know lightning words you know that would have identified her as an alt-right conservative Mm -hmm. Uh -uh. Mm uh-uh she wanted to find a neutral path just to propose we got to get back to keeping women competing against women, men against men. They assaulted her twice. They, the, 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 the trans advocates there protested so loudly that she needed a police escort to a secluded room mm-hmm. where they barricaded her in there for three plus hours. But en route to that room, men, 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 and that's what they are, that, that were pro-trans, actually swung and hit her in the back of the head, not once, but twice, only for her to sit in that room for three hours listening to, as she described it, vulgarity of the likes I had never heard before, while at the same time, a constant perpetuation of death threats yeah. that people were screaming in the hallway. She said, had they broke the plane of that door, they would have killed me. All because she said, we got to get back to clear lines. So that, just so we understand about Riley, Riley said how demoralizing it is to be, she's recognized as one of the premier, premier 
Division One swimmers in the world. She said, I have swam since I was four years old. At the age of six years old, she said, I have spent nearly every day in the pool, eight hours a day, many times starting at five o'clock in the morning. Eight hours a day. Eight hours a day. That's how, how often she trained wow. because of her aspirations <clears throat> of being that pedigree of athlete. Yeah. Only then to get to the final year of college and a man jumps in the pool with her and beats her consistently, she said, it undermined all of my effort, all of my discipline, all of my training. She said, for years when my friends, peers were out partying, I was calculating competition. I was disciplining myself and just thought, this is the lane I've chose, only for that to be discounted because of this whole trans movement. And so, as I said, people get hurt in the wake of it. I mean, you get people like that, that, that are direct competition too, but then you also have, hey, where it's recognized that if a man recognizes himself as a woman, well, then he can go into a women's bathroom where there's young girls in there, preteen, the whole nine yards. And yet, and yet we have gotten so confused in this ideology that we've shut our mouth rather than asserting ourselves and saying, this is absolutely unsustainable. So now we have this gentleman by the name of Ryan Webb, who right. is a council member for the great state of Indiana, whereas by all appearances, he is a white, early 40s father that is married and has six kids. Okay. Okay, that would be in his bio on Instagram. If had one. <laughs> I don't know where you would find it, but if it's out there, that's what it's going to state. Nevertheless, okay. as of recent, he has came out to identify himself as a female woman of color that is a lesbian. <laughs> okay. Well, at the same time, by all appearances, <clears throat> he still wears a sports coat, white Oxford shirt, button up, Hi. Okay. Looks as uh, you know. Looks as as preppy. You know, middle class, what have you. And he is doing this all in an attempt to show the ridiculous nature of however I identify is how now I want to be recognized. Mm -hmm. Yet, yet it's 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 obviously satirical. Like it, he it's. But we're left to infer, as, as we talked about, that, that it's a joke. But he hasn't tipped his hand to that. Okay, he won't say that. He will not say that. Because the he, minute he does, that's when the credibility is lost. The gig is up. Yeah. So he said that's the only thing holding that perception to that's reality. It. That's it. So in all the interviews that he does, he communicates that straight-faced. Doesn't, doesn't crack a smirk, a smile, mm -hmm. you know, to give any room for interpretation. It's, it is how I identify. The problem is that as, as far as he's recognized, can, uh, you know, politically, he's a Republican. So before the council, he'll sit on a panel and people will come in like alt-left, you know, you know, progressives. And he knows that the the golden grail that you can't touch is to question one's authenticity or sincerity. What do they say? 
Have you have you seen any of these interactions? Oh, oh, oh yeah, where they they are railing against him, but they are so frustrated. It's a begrudging acceptance oh, of well, if that's no, how you oh, actually no. identify. They're trying to find vernacular and 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 words to communicate. I know he does not identify himself as that, but they're walking a tightrope. Yeah. Because they can't say he's lying because then it empowers him to say, you can't say that you're a furry. Yeah, and they, and they also can't point to any external observable factors of, well, you're, you're clearly not, you're not even trying to. You're you wearing know. a sp- tweed sports jacket. Yeah, you can't wear, you, you don't look like that. So you don't look, see? All they can do is question his, well, you don't actually feel that in your heart. Yes, <laughs> but, yes. But how and can yet you, how he's can you holding that? the line. All of it is to show that when you pave the way for a culture to thrive, if you, because you think that it'll thrive on subjectivism, it'll thrive with relativism, it'll thrive in everyone's doing what seemed right in their own eyes. That's where the truth is found. That's where it's found. That's where utopia is found in equality and recognizing and affirming anything and everything. What you fail to recognize is that because sin has no ceiling and because it has no logic or ration, it'll eventually cannibalize itself. Like you will eat your own. Yeah. Because you have no, 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 no guardrail. You have no guardrail. So you'll devour your own ideology by saying, no, you, 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 you can't recognize as that. We, we know different. Says who? Yeah. Says who? So you've removed all the guardrails, all the boundaries, all the lanes. And as you said earlier, you've blurred everything you'll eventually eat your own. And this is what we're seeing. And this is what it is to do life outside of God's precepts and principles. It gets really, really dangerous. It gets really dangerous. And, you know, if only this were a philosophical experiment that is taking place within a vacuum. Yes. But the fact is, as you said, people are being hurt as a result of it. That's right. And so at some point, you need to be able to to say no this not only does this not make sense this is wrong this is hurting people um and and to feel empowered that you're not a bigot for saying so because Absolutely. we have a lot of people i think that are live in a degree of of caged fear because yeah. they don't they genuinely do want to be compassionate or caring or loving and so i can't speak out i can't say this is hurting someone because i want to you know Right. It's not, it doesn't have to be that way. No, it does not. You can, you can be loving without affirming everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I think we got to get back to, you know, we got to get back to the basics, if you will. And we got to get back to, to God. And mm-hmm. we got to understand what is the pathway forward. And we got to be willing to say, wait a minute, this is unsustainable and this is wrong. This is outside of logic and ration and reality. Mm-hmm. We're breaking down boundaries that 
you can't survive without. And so now, I mean, we're seeing this manifest in a million different ways. As I stated earlier, whether it comes to puberty blockers, chemical castration, whether it comes to allowing people to define their own pronouns and, you know, how they recognize themselves and all of this ridiculous, unsustainable stuff. And it's because we've forgotten who it is that gets to identify us. Our creator created us as, 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 as his own. Mm-hmm. Therefore, he's the one that describes, defines, and determines who we are. There's two genders, just for lack of clarity, lest, lest, lest we, this conversation miss the absolute fundamentals. There are two genders. This is why scripture says, in the beginning, God created both male and female in his image. One not less than the other, both image bearers of God, but male and female are it. I understand that actually that then segues into a whole nother conversation about, you know, there are only two genders or actually two sexes, but gender is, you know, a cultural construct. No, it is not. This is just to give a a concession to that viewpoint in the sense that in Scotland, men can wear kilts. Uh huh. And that is viewed as masculine. Yeah. For a man to wear a skirt here or a kilt. Yeah. Um, that would not be viewed as masculine. masculine. Absolutely. So in that in that regard, there are social cultural aspects that gender manifests itself. There. However, here's here's the distinction distinction in in my head right it is still masculine in scotland for a man to dress like that uh-huh. it, you, you know what i'm saying yes, like it's, it's not, not feminine it's not feminine acceptable. yeah like like there are, there are different culture determines different ways for men to act masculine absolutely but it is still men acting masculine totally it's not men acting feminine does that make sense it makes perfect sense so so there there is i think what we would say is Biological sex is inseparable from gender, but there, but there can be social constructs that then play to stereotypes that are a little more subjective. Yeah. So we're we're saying gender is not exclusively a social construct. And that's where the critical theorists come in and say, everything is a, is a social construct. So the only way to get to truth is to eliminate every boundary and category. Absolutely. Absolutely. We say, yep. we say, no, there are certain categories you can't eliminate. Absolutely. And so, you know, one of the things that I, I think for our remaining time, I would like to delve into is that I'd like this to be helpful in one regard, not just empowering to the proponent <clears throat> of, yep. um, of said movement, but In one sense, I really do think that it is imperative that the believer, the follower of Jesus, the disciple, feels empowered to make their voice heard. Actually, I'm deeply encouraged by what I saw happen with Bud Light and in Target with the pushback that's taking place. That, wait a minute, when people stand up and say, "Mm -mm, we will not culturally accept this, or we won't be force fed this, you better thoroughly think through how it is that you're going to advertise this. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I understand the separation of church and state. I understand all of the conversations therein and actually some that I'm not very educated on. But I will say this. I am encouraged by a pushback to say, let's think this through. Mm -hmm. And as a result, I think people are stepping back whether it was Anheuser-Busch or whether it's Target that has now in many of their stores taken down all of their sort of, you know, LGBTQ, trans, you know, that they had little, little you know, um, onesies with, you know, pro-trans baby here and all of this utter nonsense. Um, now they've either taken it down or they've removed it from the front and placed it in, you know, back portions of the store. That's, that's, <clears throat> that's, that means something. That means something. And so I don't want to just embolden the believer to be like, yeah, you know, evil thrives when good people do nothing. I'm, I, there is an element to Amen. that. Oh. <laughs> Stand up and fight. <laughs> I, that's, that's not the only place I want to land. I really do want to land with a sensitivity and a charity mm -hmm. towards those that this is how they identify themselves. This is the gender confusion that they're in the midst of. And then our response as believers without compromising our beliefs. Mm -hmm. There's where it gets really tenacious. Yeah. Is to see truth objectively and authoritatively while at the same I was pointing the mic. I was like, to see it. And yet at the same time, to to actually hang tight to a sensitivity. Mm -hmm. And so as believers, I don't get the right to dismiss a whole sect of culture and be like, be done with you. Yeah. I'm following Jesus. Yeah. But at the same time, I can't compromise for you. Yep. So when it comes to this, I, I think there are some questions that need to be answered. And that is how then oh, I'm going to turn the tables. I'm coming at you, pastor. Not a pastor. <laughs> for, for simplexity today you are. <laughs> okay. How then do you think we should respond where there is this demographic and population in among that really is a proponent for, as followers of Jesus, that looks like we stand in stark contrast to such ideology? Well, I appreciate the question, Pastor. Certainly. Pastor. Um, <clears throat> Here's what I would say is on the front end, um, we talk, we've talked a lot about ideology and kind of cultural commentary. Yeah. And in what can get lost in translation sometimes is, is the individuals who totally. they're not the people to assault <laughs> a Riley Gaines at a, at a protest. They're just, they're struggling with something. Yes. Um, so to the, to the person who's listening to this, if you can find it within yourself to reject the cultural narrative that we are against you. That's right. We're not. Um, here's what I would say. I would say that you are deeply loved, um, far, far greater than you can even imagine. I would say that you're valuable. You're made in the image of God. You have a purpose. Mm. Um, there's a plan for your life. And I would say, I think cultures lied to you in the sense that culture will tell you that in the midst of your pain and your struggle and the disconnect between your mind, your heart, your soul, your spirit, and your body, culture will tell you that the problem is with your body. In that, in that disconnect, the problem's your body, and so the solution is your body. That's right. Whether that is 
um, <clears throat> dressing in a, in a certain way, whether that's surgery, whether that's hormones, whether it's, you know, you name it, that's what culture would say. And it would, and culture would also say that if you disagree with that solution to the problem, you're, you're a hater. I'm not a hater. <laughs> nope. Let me just say, I'm not a hater. I would say, I would humbly propose, perhaps in that disconnect between the mind, the emotions, the heart, and the body, perhaps the disconnect is more primarily rooted in the mind yep. and in the heart and in the emotions. Um, and I don't think that that alternative is given weight, but we need to give weight to that alternative. When totally. you, when you look at, um, there, there is a very harsh reality of the correlation between those who identify as transgender and, um, depression rates as, as sad as it is to say suicide rates. Like we've got to, we've got to consider alternatives potentially. Totally. And I, I think what you just said is so right on the money. And I think that it would be a, a terrible mistake not to recognize the, the dismal effect that surgeries, hormone enhancement, you know, biological alterations and things like that have only left those that have undergone said surgeries, those that have undergone such infusions, that they are no better off than when they first started. And the rates and the metrics and all of the measuring scales actually point to that. And so what, what you're speaking to is, you know, Scripture says, as a man thinks, so is he. I think that how you teed this up, that you said rightly, we want to just propose that maybe we need to reject the cultural lie. I would say the cultural lie has now found its way to become a cultural philosophy of doing life. And we truly, truly um, feel like the most loving thing to do is to be truthful, not to be affirming. We love you. We just feel like it's very unloving to affirm something that we believe is detrimental and or dangerous and will not leave you any happier than what you, where you currently are or what you're searching for. We believe life is found in Jesus. We believe life is found in a very clear construct of how to do it as given us by our creator. And unfortunately, scripture also says, narrow is the path that leads to life, broad is the way that leads to destruction, we're getting broader and broader and broader and broader. And now the cultural philosophy is if you do not broaden it more, you're a hater. If you don't make the broad way broader, then actually you're bigoted and you're narrow minded and you're against people. When we believe actually life is found on the narrow road. And that is so in stark opposite of the cultural narrative that we're under right now that the most loving thing we could do is say there's a better path. Mm -hmm. There's a better path. And your body is not the problem. Actually, it's the way you're thinking and the cultural philosophy and lie that you've been sold that actually you've, you're now taking. And so we see this. This is why I believe that the trans movement, I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it, is 
at its root, it's demonic. It's absolutely demonic and it's wicked. Because notice now that never before in recent history has there been such an, an influence in the younger and younger generation. Like our kids now in elementary schools are learning about sex, gender, you know, uh, distorted biology, you know, from, from, from even recent generations past, we're, 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 you know, trans movement, all of this type of stuff, while the children in China are learning quantum physics. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Meanwhile, we can't read. <laughs> <laughs> we can't read and we can't stop people from shooting one another. It's absolutely terrible. You, you, you don't even need to be a conservative to peer into our cultural state and go, man, this is totally jacked up. Mm -hmm. But yet, but yet, the emphasis is being given to let's start those little formative minds in third, fourth, and fifth grade being groomed, being groomed in this ideology so that... It's normalizing. That's what they would call it. Totally. So in a generation from now, actually, it'll be as right as rain in, in people's mind's eye mm -hmm. so that any opposition would be viewed even more hateful. Mm -hmm. And so, so I believe that we're watching it slip faster and faster. I don't know if we could ever turn the tide or stop it altogether. But what I do know is I don't want to sell my soul to affirm something that I believe at the end of the day is deeply, deeply dangerous while at the same time wicked. And do know, I believe that it's setting the stage for what will be normalizing pedophilia. I believe that if you're grooming, if you're allowing a fifth grader or a 12 year old to simply out of their own gender confusion, that we're actually taking these little minds, these little hearts, these little, little formative stages and affirming them as if they have the mental awareness to consent to such procedures and or directions and trajectory. Why? Why could we ever say they do not have the mental maturity to consent to a sexual relationship with a grown adult? You can't. It cannibalizes itself. Yeah. It does there's no not, objective reason. There's why. no objective reasoning. And so we're eroding all of that thinking. I, I, I said to a, a guy that I was in conversation conversation Sorry, real quick objective within that worldview there is an objective oh, oh, reason I, but no, we were saying the same <clears throat> yeah, thing yeah sorry i felt the need to clarify <laughs> there's no objective reason <laughs> sound bite what did he say <laughs> yeah. sorry right, um, but i was talking to someone that i i proposed this is where this is is going and he looked at me as if i had two heads like how could you think that how could you ever expect a culture to condone that? And I went, what indicator is there that we wouldn't? Yeah. We've, we condone everything else. We're putting litter boxes in hallways, in yeah. schools, and actually normalizing that. We are chemically castrating 12-year-olds and giving young boys puberty blockers. Why does pedophilia all of a sudden seem outlandish? Yeah. That's where we draw the line. Yeah, oh, no, that's, that's, that's a bridge too far. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And it just goes to show <laughs> the deceptive nature of sin.
and the deceptive nature of moving further and further away from God. And so I, I, I think we're there. And so uh, to your point, we got, we got a far way away from what you were saying so rightly, is that we believe that the most loving thing we can do is to tell you the truth. Yeah, because we mentioned a lot on the front end of, you know, because of this ideology, people are getting hurt in the wake of it. Right. We believe people getting hurt in the wake of it are also transgender people. That's right. And, and so it would be unloving to not, Amen. to not speak truth to that. So you mentioned earlier that um, Gen Z is identifying as transgender at a rate double that of millennials. Right. And so that would be... Um, Those that are between the ages of 11 to 26. Okay. And so this is where a lot of parents find themselves. Yeah. Navigating those kinds of conversations, navigating mm. students, identifying as or at least struggling with gender identity. What would you say to those people who find themselves in the midst of that, wanting to be full of grace, full of truth, yeah. let their student know that they love them unconditionally, yeah. but ha walking that out, what does that even look like? Totally. So number one, um, you know, whenever it comes to a matter of upholding grace and truth, you have to go to the champion. You have to go to the master, and that's Jesus himself that walked that out in both a culture that was largely opposed to what would be his biblical worldview, his understanding being God. Yeah. While at the same time, a hyper-religious culture, while at the same time, a hyper-hostile culture. And yet that was the culture in which Jesus had to navigate. And so it's really interesting about Jesus is that his words many a times could be interpreted as harsh. Why? Because they were so antithetical to the culture in which he was speaking. They were so, so brash at times. Even the Sermon on the Mount, what he was communicating at times that he would sit with tax collectors, sinners, outcasts, and the like. And yet the kingdom message was in stark contrast to their worldview and their ideology. Yet, yet, so much of it was on the vehicle of such a beautiful tone that yet they still <clears throat> crucified him. So do know, as Jesus said, they hated me, they're gonna hate you. Why? Because you're in the world, you're just not of the world. And so I think it's really, really important that the one that's upholding truth never forgets that they're a pilgrim. I think that is often discounted, undermined, and lost in the sauce. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is not my permanent resident. I'm a pilgrim passing through to the celestial city trying to get as many people to, to walk with me. Mm -hmm. Okay, so naturally with that, you're bearing another kingdom's message that's going to come in contrast and create spark, and you can't get away from that. However, how you communicate that's really, really important. Mm -hmm. Because you can be just an alt-right, pundit, you know, screamer, conservative, railer, you know, that's not winning anyone. And that's not the tone that our master and our King Jesus carried. 
His tone was soft. His words were weighty. Mm. Tone is really, really important. That it's soft and it's easy to the hear, full of grace. Let your words be seasoned with salt, the scripture says, that it would be intriguing, seasoned <clears throat> with grace. So tone is really important, but at th that does not mean that then you compromise the words and that you compromise the truth. And so I would speak to the parents that have Gen Zers that are really in the midst of this new cultural norm to understand that the most loving thing that you can do is not affirming. That's the, 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 the virtue signaling that we live in as a culture right now, that the most loving thing you can do is accepting and affirming. Now, those are two huge We draw a line words. between accept and affirm. Yep. So when it comes to <clears throat> Lighthouse Church, we say to those that are part of the LGBTQ community, those that are part of the trans community, am I welcome there? Oh, absolutely. We are accepting to all. We are not affirming to all. We will not affirm your ideology and your philosophy, why we don't, don't believe it's biblical. However, when it comes to parents, they must understand, as pilgrims, your most loving thing you can do is not affirming, it's protecting. And protecting is, is communicating truth in the way of the lie. That you pierce the darkness with the light of God's truth and you keep doing so until the Holy Spirit hits the switch while watching your tone mm. and being people committed to prayer. Mm -hmm. I, I am a byproduct, I've said this often, of a mother that was unceasing in prayer. I carried a different ideology and worldview. It didn't have to do with my sexuality. It just had to do with this is what I wanted to do. And I believe that your biblical precepts and principles are antiquated and unuseful in the culture that I live. And I'm going to do it on my means, my terms. I'm out of here. And I think that you're foolish for believing that. I truly, truly did. I was prayed into the kingdom by a mom that was unceasing in prayer. Hmm. And a father that very much was conscious of his tone. He never compromised truth, though. And so I, I know that sounds real. That can sound really textbook. And like, oh, I was hoping for a nugget. There's no nugget. There's no silver bullet. Yeah. It is remembering that you're a pilgrim. This is not your final resting place. I keep pointing to, to, to a place and you're like, is it over there? Do you see the celestial city? Yeah. Are the nuggets over there? <laughs> Are we on Pilgrim's Progress right now? Yeah, that's, um, that's the book you've been reading lately. I am. Lots I am. of references. Yeah, I am <clears throat> enamored by Pilgrim's Progress. I'm reading that to Silas right now. It's a game changer. But I feel like it's affecting me more than it's affecting him. <laughs> so, He's like, can I go play basketball now? Yeah, right. <laughs> One more chapter. <laughs> Please, Dad. I'm asleep, man. <laughs> but I would say that it would be... Um, I, I, I don't need to you digress that again. Well, yeah. I'm, and I feel like part of protecting is accepting without affirming dangerous That's or right. harmful things. That's right. So as we wrap this episode up, put a nice little bow on it because it's been very clean and plain and boring. <laughs> um, would you leave any kind of final thoughts, charge, advice, encouragement to 
the believer who's listening or watching this and just, you know, trying to navigate, okay, well, what are my marching orders? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think you segued perfectly into that, in that, you know, one thing that we love to do when it comes to relationships, when it comes to issues, when it comes to, you know, people liking us, we love to look at those those line items through the lens of, I, I just want it to be clean and I want it to be simple. I want, I want people to like me. I want to be able to have the, the script and the line to say to people that oppose me. And I, I, I want to be able to um, you know, manage temptation, new cultural norms, you know, without a lot of tension. I would just say, please, for the own sort of contentment and peace of your soul, know that all of that is a pipe dream. (laughs) That this idea of it will be clean and it won't be tentious and you'll have the the, the one-line zinger that'll like, you know, satisfy the the argument or the opponent is, is not going to happen. So it's really important for the believer, the pilgrim, to know navigating these waters is not a problem to fix, but it's a tension to manage. There will remain a tension. There will remain. Where will that tension be? That, ten, that, that tension will be actually at times, for some, it's a soul tension. It's a soul tension of um, this is my son, this is my daughter, this is their perspective, and I wanna love them because my heartstrings are connected to them. And so the tension is maybe I should compromise for them. That's a tension, that's a legit tension. Maybe I should, everything that I've staked and built my life upon biblically, I should set that to the back burner to love them, you know you know, unreservedly, where I actually say, you do you. That's a tension. There's a tension when it comes to even you wanting or, te- or being tempted to, to say, you know what, there's enough voices that are actually pointing to this in, in, in the attempt to normalize it. I don't know what I believe any longer. That's a tension. So you got to do work there. But don't just get in the current and let it rip roar you downstream to where you wake up a year from now and you go, ah, I've compromised everything. I've deconstructed. I've deconstructed. <laughs> I've jumped into the <clears throat> abyss of, you know, of, of the ocean of uncertainty and I'm cool with it. Don't do that. Yep. Manage the tension. And you got to manage the tension when you realize you can't fix the problem. And then lastly manage the tension when it comes to you're not going to be liked by everyone you 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 if everybody likes you check yourself because you've sold out somewhere Mm. jesus was the most loving fully god fully human person to walk the face of the planet and they murdered him on a tree why because they hated what he stood for and the truth that he spoke Please no believer that you and I don't get out unscathed. I'm not saying you look for fights or you act a jerk. Don't be hated for you. That's you, that, you don't get a badge of honor for that. Mm-hmm. But you but also don't be loved for selling out. Yeah. 
and don't be and and get used to being disliked or hated for the truth that you stand for manage the tension knowing that you can't fix the problem that's jesus's problem and i've i've resolved that within myself so when it comes to this perverse sexual culture when it comes to you know as scripture says in the last days they're going to call good evil and evil good i've come to realize wait a minute this all isn't rainbows and lollipops, unicorns and, you know, walks in the park. This is going to be tentious. But yet, I'm to be full of grace, full of truth. And so I would just say to the believer, we love you. We, 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 we actually, we fashion this podcast largely around discussing complexities where we believe Scripture has a laser to the simplicity, mm -hmm. you know, where we want to be helpful. We want to love you. We want to serve you. We want to, we want to, we want to talk through these things with you. But when it comes to this new day and age that we find ourselves, get used to the tension, but we love you. We're praying for you. We stand with you, but you stand firm yourself. Be bold in the truth that you've been given and in the God that's watching over you and walking with you. And so, any more boots, I'm just going to start preaching. And then I'm going to take up an offering. <laughs> and it's just like, you wait until I begrudgingly take out a dollar from my pocket. I'm like, okay, I guess. Is, is this what you want? Yeah, I guess this is how we're ending the episode. No, and, and I would also just chime on to that and say, um, feel free to reach out yeah. to us. Um, either on Instagram or mm. I don't think we have an email address, do we? No. No, we don't. All right, Instagram. Um, but you can give <clears> one. <throat> I just give out fake emails. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> just joking. Just, I don't. JK, JK. <laughs> just because we know that, you know, we are attempting to make things plain and simple on this podcast, but yeah. that leaves a lot of unaddressed Absolutely. circumstances or situation and, you know, so there's there's a lot to navigate still. Amen. And so if you have questions, comments, thoughts, we can always jump into the conversation. Jump into the chat. But that is on Instagram at Simplexity Podcast. Uh, thank you guys for listening and following us wherever you get your podcast. Um, in addition to that, subscribe on YouTube. That is the Lighthouse Church channel Simplexity playlist. Mm. Love you guys. Oh.